Welcome, everyone, to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am your host, Stephen Labine, and I am here with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how are you doing today? I am good. I am warm. It is hot. It is hot. The world is hot. We're kind of on fire, which is, I mean, just the way that we're going, but like... It's we're living in the uh, dog in the flaming house meme, but let's forget about that and talk about a reality show that's been on for 22 years. Reality show escapism. That's what we're going for. Well, okay. What we're going to do, we are going all the way back to the very beginning of Survivor in spirit of in the most recent season. They turn back time. They smash the hourglass. Everyone's favorite thing. I know. They love it, which is why we dedicated an entire podcast to it. So we're going all the way back. We are going to watch every single episode of the show that is still running. So eventually we'll catch up. Probably not. That will take a very long time. Well, as long as it continues to run, we will continue to have things to talk about. Evergreen content, baby. <laughs> Okay, well, what we're going to do, we invite you to follow along with us. I personally bought a Paramount Plus account so I could watch this whole show. Yeah, I already had one. Uh, I, well, I didn't have one. My mom had one because she's just done the cable thing <laughs> of buy every single streaming subscription. Sure, sure. And buy cable. Yeah, why not? Why not? If you have expendable money, nothing matters. <laughs> it's the American way. <laughs> Anyway, like I said, we invite you to follow along with us. Go watch the episodes. We're doing one episode at a time, one episode a week. So you can follow along with us. You can email us. We have an email. It is survivortbt at gmail.com. We're going to get active in the Twitter right now. We are Twitter at survivortbt. So for now, let us go all the way back to 2000, May 31st. 2000 for episode one the marooning yes and just in case uh you're wondering i did a quick google search for uh significant news from may of 2000 um which a lot of this is not stuff that we would remember or care about uh at least not in america it's like new president of taiwan sworn in like that's cool that probably happens every so often sure. um so one significant one for America, for example, would be uh, McCain dropped out of the race and uh, endorsed George W. Bush. So that's where we're going back to in time. This is Ooh. Bill Clinton is still in the White House. What a wild ride. Yeah. And, you know, nothing bad has happened since. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to 2000. So, Jared, I forgot. We're going to set the scene. What is your experience with Survivor? How much do you know? What do you not know? Where are you coming at? Yeah, so um, just in case there are folks who are listening listening that want to uh, watch along, I won't go into too many specifics. I know um, I watched as a kid growing up for a few seasons. I know one very specific detail from Guatemala, but I don't know who wins. I have seen David and Goliath, which is what got me back onto the Survivor train in general. Uh, I saw 41 and 42. 
it will be a long time till we're there, and that's a problem. <laughs> um, and uh, I know one of the winners of, uh, I don't know uh, what season in particular, uh, they are a return winner that won two seasons, but I don't know which two of the ones that they were on, mm. and that is it. Cool. So if you are coming at this from a new perspective, you've never seen the show, you don't really know what's going on, or you're just a casual watcher, you're not watching every every single week, every single episode, Jared's a good perspective for you. Jared knows not a whole lot. Jared is coming in fresh, and we can talk about this. I, on the other hand, I, have, I, I don't know if I consider myself a super fan, but I have watched a whole lot of Survivor. Growing up, I definitely did watch every single episode when it came out. It used to be on Thursdays. They, they they changed it to Wednesdays, and I don't know when that happened. But it used to be on Thursdays, and I was very excited about it. Um, but yes, I watched for years and years and years. Had a drop-off when I went to college, because I did not have cable in college, because I was broke and in college. Um, and then just recently got back on the bandwagon over pandemic, binged almost all of it. So I know a lot. Not everything, but a lot. So I'm excited to see where this goes. So Jared, we open, set the scene, we open Survivor Borneo, episode one, The Marooning. Which, wow. I did not think uh, they were going to set it up like that. I mean, like, you know, seeing modern Survivor, it's just like, yep, here we are, we're on the boat, we're going to the island. And this one's like, no, we are imitating a shipwreck. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, you're getting on a boat. But what shocked me is that they came, they showed where they came from, which they never do in the more recent seasons. Like, they show them boarding small boats in the fishing village that they, they eventually got from to the big ship. Mm-hmm. And they show that journey to, I'm assuming, just the bay where the the beaches are. Yeah, I. it's kind of unclear how far out they were. I, I think somebody says they were rowing for two hours, which is like, <laughs> Jesus. Like, you are starting off... Uh, first of all, I was, I was kind of surprised because they got a lot of stuff. Um, having, you know, gone back and uh, reconnected with Survivor through 41 to 42, where they're like, oh, we're going to drop the four and keep the one, and we're starting over, it's going to be harder. I'm like, it's got a Bunsen burner, or whatever the, the, the uh, they found some kerosene-type thing, and I was surprised by that. But then on the other side, they're like, maybe we'll make rat stew. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. But, but the bones were there. Like, the, I feel like I've seen that shot of all the castaways on a ship, they're just kind of panning around as Jeff does his speech. Yeah. Says, all right, hey, these people are grabbing stuff to jump off a boat and Survivor's on, baby. Yeah. Oh, and also, did it shock you how young he was? I mean, obviously, it's been 22 years. It's but I was baby Jeff. It's so, I was like, that is a child impersonating Jeff Probst. <laughs> Prost, Jeff Prost. Probst? Probst. Probst. With a B. There's a B in there? P-R-O-B-S-T. God, I hope I got that right. Well, it doesn't matter. We're doing it live. We can edit this all in post. We're very much not doing this live. Yeah, we're doing it live. Don't tell tell anyone. Um, 
Yes. Well, what didn't shock me was his age because I uh, people get older. What did shock me is the energy from his voiceovers. He had the normal Jeff like shouting energy of directions when he was engaging with people. In the voiceovers, though, he would then revert to this, and everyone is going to spend thirty nine days on an island. Yeah, it it kind of sounded like if the human embodiment of uh, Valium read you an audiobook a lot of the time. <laughs> he wasn't prepped for all of that. It was new. It was exciting. It grows. Which, I mean, that was, you know, this is, yes, it's May of 2000. Production quality is not as high. But this is a network, like, primetime television show. Mm-hmm. I'm... It just kind of speaks to the quality that, like, how much better, you know, technology and also, like, acting has gotten. <laughs> um, because, like, that, it, the, the overwhelming impression I kept getting early on was, like, this feels like a poorly made college fan-made project version of Survivor in the production quality. It kind of was. <laughs> they didn't know what this was going to be. It felt more like... A nature documentary survivalist show in some ways, but the bones are there. They always knew that it's a competition reality show, but it's shot and talked about like it's a survivalist show. Yeah, and I don't think... You say that everyone knew it was a competition show. I don't think anyone told most of the people on the show that it was a competition show. I should say... Jeff knew it was a competition <laughs> show. The writers probably knew it was a competition show. The cast, maybe not so much, which I think is the perfect segue. Let's get into the cast. Overall thoughts, as a general whole, what do you think of this cast? First of all, uh, general whole, thank you. I'm saluting you. Absolutely. Um, that <laughs> sounds very dirty. Um, so the overall cast the first impression I got of all of them was very optimistic. Like everyone's so excited to be there. They they are they have totally bought in to this adventure, except for like two old guys that just want to say that nobody's working and back in my day it was like this. But everyone else is just like they're like in all their confessionals early on, they're just like they're so enthusiastic. Um Yeah, that was that was sort of like first overall impression. It just it makes me feel so happy that they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. The first couple days, yes, okay, you're on a beach, you're building a shelter, what, you're going to play some games, sure, whatever. I imagine, as this goes along, you're going to see a whole lot of morale just straight into the toilet. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, people are going to, you know, I don't understand why the, I don't remember who it was, which the girls was so enthusiastic about rat soup. But, like, I don't think most of them are going to be enthusiastic about rat <laughs> soup. Um, <laughs> and one moment that stuck out to me, um, Richard, was when Richard is sitting up on a tree, literally above everyone else on his tribe, mm-hmm. and being like, guys, let's talk. And everyone is basically saying, no, fuck you, Richard. <laughs> Which is... Bring, we'll, we're going to go one by one. Yeah, we're yeah. going to talk every single castmate here. Give you a, a little bit of backstory here. Just just the details. Uh, which Rich is on the Toggy tribe, 
which is orange. Orange, yeah. I've never seen, or at least I don't remember them talking about the name Origins. Or that's not true. They've yeah. definitely said like, oh, which means yeah, or means water. And he, Jeff was just like, yeah, we named you after the beaches. Yeah, no, it was definitely a feeling of. I mean, in, in getting a map to the of the area and all of that yeah feel they were definitely leaning into that survivalist element like you said uh okay we'll start we'll start with Toggy tribe Toggy tribe uh in alphabetical order because we are avoiding spoilers we have so in front of us you can't see it obviously audio podcast in front of us we have pictures of all the castmates in their early 2000s glamour shot beauty it's it it does remind me of my elementary school class photos yeah um so i mean we're starting with dirk and if you're not driving uh and you have a chance to look up a picture of dirk please do um he looks like one of the thumb monsters from spy kids wow <laughs> wow <laughs> no he looks like early 2000s uh skateboard enthusiast surfer i don't know what what it, not a whole lot of personality not glamming through that photo no uh, dirk is 23 from wisconsin do you remember what his occupation was no he's a dairy farmer yeah oh i do remember that now yes yep dirk <laughs> the dairy farmer from wisconsin which again makes a whole lot of sense uh second one kelly kelly wigglesworth 22 from nevada a rafting guide that has to be one of the more relevant jobs out here. That's got to be helpful. Do you think Wigglesworth is actually her last name? Or is she in, like, witness protection or something? It has to be. It absolutely... It's such such a, a fun name to say. That's fair. It'd be like, you can choose anything and you chose Wigglesworth. You chose... Yeah. <laughs> Wigglesworth? Really? Uh, so yes, that is Kelly. We are on to Richard. Richard Hatch, a 39 year old corporate trainer from Rhode Island. What you said earlier about him sitting in the tree, it really ranked, like, it makes so much sense that this man is a corporate trainer. Oh, yeah. Before we do anything, I just like to talk about our intentions. We should synergize this meeting. Can you put some time on my calendar? We, Richard, we know your calendar. It's open. None of us have anything to do for the next three days. You, we, like, it's going to be night soon. Can we build a shelter, please? No. Also, Richard has the most honest confessionals. Like, he, in this first episode, he's constantly being like, wow, they think that guy's bossy? They have not heard me at all. Yeah, I'm just going to wait and uh, be bossy later. But he's self-aware, which I do appreciate. Is helpful. That is something that I can't say for everyone. <laughs> On that note, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy Bosch. I'm going to go with Bosch. Uh, 72 from... Virginia. He was 72? He was 72 when he was on this show. Dear A retired God. Navy SEAL. Retired Navy <sighs> SEAL. Again, makes a whole lot of sense. He is his way or the highway. Wow, he probably fought in the Korean War. He was born in 1928, so he'd be like 25 to 30. Yeah, okay. Well, that's Wild. Rudy. I'm excited. For Every time Rudy was on camera, I was having a good time. No one else was. No, no, no. But I was. Do you remember his comments about Richard? No. Okay. He talks very briefly about Richard and how he doesn't 
think that he would get along with Richard. But then he kind of starts to get along with Richard. I think because he has a plan and he's outspoken and he likes that about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we go on, I, I'm really interested to see that relationship blossom. Uh, we talk about it a little bit in the uh, next week on Survivor. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It briefly says something. And... The, which also just latent with early 2000s homophobia oh, right in there. So much incredibly homophobic like you cannot say that with a grain of salt uh yes we are on to sean sean kniff a 30 year old neurologist from new york i don't remember this guy at all yeah he kind of blends into the background except for the one time where he has to help someone who is slightly injured and by slightly i mean has a little bit of blood running down her leg yeah 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 yeah. that's right he was like the good samaritan on their tribe okay i'm remembering him a little bit now yeah but i mean like he's a neurologist not a general practitioner so i don't know (laughs) general practitioner again uh on to sonia sonia Uh christopher a 63 year old musician slash retired teacher i I love Sonia. She is too pure for this world. She's too pure for this world and too pure for Survivor. Well, yeah, as we'll talk about. As we'll get to. Uh, Yes, a retired teacher uh, in Washington. Oh, raised in Washington. I did not write where she was living at the time. Doesn't matter. Moving on to Stacy. Stacy Stillman. Stacy, also a little generic right up the front. Yeah, I think, so we'll get to it, but Mm. there is exactly two people that had what could passingly be called as strategy if you squint your eyes and kind of turn your head a little bit around the vote. I think Stacy was one of the two that did. I'm pretty sure it was, because they went to, yeah, no, they definitely, it was, I think it was Stacy and Kelly. Yes. Yep. Stacy and Kelly were about the only conversation where they talked about game and votes and things uh do you remember what stacy's job was uh no stacy is 27 from california an attorney oh i i i know you shouldn't judge people by how they look but stacy doesn't seem very like law well i also wouldn't thought she was 27 i would have thought she was like 23 or 24 but this is something that if this comes up more on this podcast i am awful at <laughs> estimating ages like i am always surprised when i find out what someone's age is sure so sure. yeah yeah maybe don't maybe that's not a good barometer maybe uh don't don't go on what i'm saying uh and finally on Toggy, susan hawk a 38 year old truck di- driver also from wisconsin yes i do she was the one who talked about rat soup which yes. really stuck with me yes um i yeah, all of her confessionals were, like, she could be the third host of this podcast mm-hmm. right now. Susan is very excited, and Susan is in this game to be like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's vote people off. Let's, let's do challenges. It sounds great. I'm, I'm really excited to see where Sue goes. Uh, and then we have the Yellow Tribe, Pagong. Pagong starts with, our dear, dear friend. Oh, BB. BB <laughs> Anderson, 64, real estate developer from Kansas. I imagine BB has had it his way 
for a long time. BB is everyone's worst boss. <laughs> BB is like, he's out there giving himself a heat stroke, mm-hmm. trying to build shelter during a time when everyone said, hey guys, maybe let's not work during this time. And he's mm-hmm. like, nah, nah, I'm build it anyway. I wrote down uh, uh, like some of my thoughts I was going and like, Gretchen is trying so hard. She's like, dude, you are so old. Just come drink water. Sit down and drink some water. And that man is trying to kill himself on that beach. Take a break. Like We, we said we were going to take a break. It's okay to take a break. Nobody else is doing work. I, I'm going to finish this. BB has no concept of how hard 39 days in the jungle is going to be. No, none at all. Uh, moving on to Colleen Haskwell. 23 from florida i did not write down uh colleen's job but man colleen did not stick out for me in that first episode no the only thing that stuck out for me from colleen is that uh she looks like every like romantic lead in a 90s rom-com oh yeah yeah she has that she has that like late 90s early 2000s like pixie cut that you don't really see anymore sure 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 uh and also, I think, um, I think probably the youngest person on this season, if I had to guess. I know. No. Uh, someone on her own team will beat okay. her by one year. Uh, but yes, Colleen definitely could, could blend in in a showing of You Got Mail. Oh, yeah. I think she is the lead in Pussy, uh, <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> That's exact. Oh my god, you're exactly right. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna stop gushing about Colleen. Uh, Jervis, <laughs> who, who in the show left zero impressions on zero us. Zero impressions. Uh, Jervis, Jervis Peterson, a youth basketball coach in New Jersey, who is 30 years old. I love Jervis. I Jervis didn't leave a strong impression on me. You didn't enjoy him gloating after uh, the immunity challenge. Which we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are getting ahead of ourselves. Which but, we will do a lot. Uh, yeah. That's our podcast. We make the rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 He did kind of seem like it was, like he took it like as a sporting event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was a good moment. Yeah. Which I guess is a good time to point out that, man, diversity in this first cast is at an all-time low. Well, so yes. And I'm not, not going to sit here and defend it. The bar for me was so low. The bar was in hell. The fact there was even... I mean, there's more than one person of color, but the fact there was even one, I was like... It was shocking to me because I went in expecting it to just be nothing. It was more than nothing. It still wasn't nearly enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's Survivor gets better about that, and slightly, only slightly, until about the last year. Yeah. Ugh. They did a big push for a reason. They did a big push, and it yes, they needed to. I'm more interested to see how the rare uh, people of color that are on the show in this season are treated as the season goes on. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, I honestly I don't remember, so we're gonna find out. Uh, moving on to Greg, Greg Buis, an Ivy League grad from 24. Whoa. <laughs> An Ivy League grad who is 24 years old. Well, yeah. He's not from 24. I mean, he could be from the TV show 24 uh, in a couple years, but he looks like generic uh, person who maybe got killed so they could set up a scene. 
Yeah, so this is tangential. You can remove this if you want. Sure. Um, but uh, since we're talking about mid-2000 TV in, anyway, and you mentioned 24, have you heard of the Jack Bauer power dump? <laughs> no. <laughs> so 24 is a show that takes place over 24 hours, right? It's in those 24 episodes. Each one's an hour on network TV. Oh, it's 24 episodes? Yeah, it's 24 episodes. Each one's an hour long. It takes place over the course of a full day. See, I did not know that. Okay, but we never on. see Jack Bauer use the restroom. <laughs> so therefore, he's doing it during commercial breaks, which are not very long. So that's the time for a Jack Bauer power dump. It's like is like what the six minutes that commercials are or three minutes or whatever <laughs> see okay i'm learning learning something new every day this is why i have jared to help me with this oh yeah greg nothing really stood out for greg no uh if if you put a fake person in and we're like was it greg or the fake person i'd be like i don't know man uh, they didn't show him at all they really did not show him at all in that first episode uh moving on to gretchen gretchen cordy a 38 year old teacher from tennessee gretchen is how is her back not breaking from the emotional labor that she is doing for her entire <laughs> tribe she is the mom she is the one bringing everyone together saying oh you should take a break she's oh. trying so hard she's trying so hard and i hope she's rewarded with it but knowing how early seasons of survivor go probably not yeah i mean early 2000s america was known for valuing emotional labor as an important and necessary thing ah yes culturally course. speaking sure. yes uh moving on to jenna lewis a 22 year old student from new hampshire jenna is the youngest one okay uh, oh, and Kelly. Kelly is also 22. That's interesting, because now in a lot of the early seasons, or in a lot of the seasons now, rather, they have someone that's 18, 19 years old. They're pushing younger and younger, and if I saw correctly, they want to go even young. Like, they want to be 16, 17, 18. That's not a good idea. It's not, but for whatever reason, that's what the network wants. From what, from the very limited experience I have, teenagers don't do very well on the show. Um, and I guess we'll see if Jenna does. Um, and she's not a teenager, but being the youngest one. Being the youngest one, you, you do have a little bit of target. I mean, being the oldest and being the youngest, there is that initial, well, dead weight. Yeah, especially when these challenges I expect are going to be very physical. I, I, I don't know how many puzzles they had in, these, in this early season. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, moving on to Joel. Joel Klug, a 27-year-old consultant from Arkansas. <laughs> you're looking is at he the, the fake one? Is you're, he, you're is he looking the fake at the screen as if you have never seen this man in your life. No. I... Who... What? And, and, like, people look different in the biography pictures than they do on the island, but I sure. don't... And maybe this is just a thing of it being the first season, although Survivor seems to do this in the seasons I've seen, mm -hmm. um, really picks people they want to highlight in the first episode, sometimes because they're yeah. going home, sometimes just because they're interesting storylines and other people are late bloomers, and some people just don't get their spot at all. Joel did not get a spotlight at all. Joel did not get a spotlight in the slightest. Oh, look, briefly glancing at his biography, he is also from, was born in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Did they cast in Wisconsin? Did they just go in and like, hey, want to go to Borneo? Ah, yes. The, the rigors of Wisconsin will prepare you well for Borneo. Hey, if you've never been to Wisconsin, 
Yeah. It's it's a it's a place. Uh, and finally, Ramona, Ramona Gray, 29, a biochemist from New Jersey. Ramona might be my favorite person on the show. <laughs> I want to see more from Ramona cuz your initial reaction to Ramona is her throwing up immediately on the raft. Ramona's the only one I feel like that understands what is happening. Um, not on a gameplay level, but like on a, guys, this is not a vacation level. Like she is yelling at people on the raft. She is like, I will, I, she's using her biochemistry to be like, I will desalinate water force when you get to the beach as long as you pick up that paddle and fucking row. Do, please, row. <laughs> row. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she was having a rough time. Uh, but yeah, that is everyone. That is 16 castaways for the very first season of Survivor. Is that a normal number? So, yes and no. I want to say that they start with 16 for a while. Okay. Until they get to the three tribe split as a regular occurrence. Oh, sure. I think it stays at 16. Okay. Or... They bump it down to 14. I'm completely talking out of my ass on this one. All right. I'm going to say 16 or 15 is the go-to. Maybe mix it up on, like, All-Star or whatever Sure, seasons. of course. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but yes, that's everyone. Let's talk about the episode in particular. I have uh, two pages of notes, with some of which we've talked about already. Yeah. Uh Way before the episode, like, right when we start, the theme song. Yeah. I was so excited about the theme. Why did they remove it? The The theme sometimes shows up not a whole lot anymore. I think anymore. you use it in finales now, right? Yes. Yeah. At least the finale. Maybe they just use it when they need to kill time. Hmm. Uh, but eventually they transition from what it is in this episode to... Okay, it's just shots of maybe the the island, maybe random torches somewhere, wildlife jumping from the water, uh, but not a whole lot of shots of the castaways themselves. What this is in the first season, and what it will be for a while, is shot is shots of nature, yes, but also a nameplate. And a shot of the individual tribe mate. Yeah. And it's going to show every single one of them doing something, whatever that is. Whatever B-roll they got. Yeah, whatever B-roll. And usually I would play the game where, oh, okay, who's got footage from the first challenge? Because that might be the person who goes out first. Mm. Not always the case. Not always the case. Uh, but yes, that was the first thing that jumped out to me. Uh, we talked about the boat. We talked about arriving on shore. Uh, that first meeting with Richard on the tree. Man. I wrote down, so I wrote down as just, cause, like I said, I was just jotting down random notes so I wouldn't lose my train of thought. Um, and, you know, because we're recording this a day after I've watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote down, like, Richard is the only one who knows what's going on. And then immediately below that, I wrote, never mind, Richard is annoying as hell. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows how to do corporate business world. He knows how to make a team. Does he know how to make a team survive? I'm going to go with no. Probably not. 
I end up coming to the conclusion that Tagi, at least in this first episode, is just a disaster. You don't see, at least, you know, I'm going to keep harking back to my experience, which is, you know, David and Goliath in 41 to 42. This is a retrospective. We're comparing it to Modern Survivor. You don't see people, like, just straight up yell at each other very much anymore because it's a social game. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, the concept of reality TV was probably pretty new at this point, too. I think, you know, the real world was probably out by this point. Um, but even still, like, these people are just, like, screaming at each other, like, within 30 minutes, at least on Toggy, 30 minutes on landing on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also seem to brush it off pretty easily, which I was surprised by. Yeah. This is, okay, let's do whatever we gotta do. But they don't have the knowledge that we have of this is how the game is played. This is what you're supposed to do at this point. They are just kind of in that survivalist mode of, all right, um, build, build a shelter, build, uh, where, where would we even do that? How do we find things? But they do have a lot more things brought in than I think later seasons of Survivor would give them. Uh, yeah. There was a lot more supplies, a lot more. I saw a mosquito net in that episode yeah 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 yeah. and i thought they gave you a mosquito net like good for you i'm glad where they say it in the episode but where is borneo in the philippines it's close to the philippines it is in uh near malaysia Mm. uh kind of in that south china sea area so an area where mosquito nets could be real helpful yeah i'm wondering if that's why they gave nets or if they just didn't know what to do yet yeah they just kind of it's not it seems like they just kind of shove things in crates and we're like ah they'll figure it out yeah. uh, we'll it'll be fine get get what you get and uh we'll deal with it later like i don't know the thing i was surprised about and, and like survivor at 41 42 is a pretty you know production has it pretty well down say what you want you know 41's not very well edited in my opinion um as far as like when it comes to like the winner getting their screen time and all that mm-hmm. but like they have a formula for the episodes and a pretty good one they'll change ingredients but you know you get to see some camp life you see a challenge you see you know then you see a lot more of the camp that's going to go to tribal and um you you, even if it's a really obvious vote um i know you know 42 had a couple of straight you know everyone voting the same person they have a couple of different um possible uh votes that are being talked about that they'll highlight this this first season it's so much meandering. It's a um, lot of meandering. It's a lot of them just like walking around camp kind of. And, and that leads to some really, really precious moments like mm-hmm. Sonia playing the ukulele for everyone. And then it leads to, and you know, some good entertainment like watching uh, BB and Gretchen, uh, the BB and Gretchen argue hour about, with the shelter. Yeah, argue about building a shelter. Yeah, which is excellent TV. And then it leads to a lot of people just like, doing nothing for five minutes at a time yeah that's the part where i think they didn't quite know what how to fill the time they had Mm. an hour slot they probably could have packed that into a half hour with what they do now Mm. in cutting out a lot of the the shelter building is kind of old news unless there's something disastrous unless something happens Nowadays, like, I don't know, skip... It's a montage at this point, yeah. Gonna be a montage. Uh, But yeah, 
I think a lot of things could have been cut. However, seeing Richard cut off the tail of a rat and uh, put it in a fish trap. Put it in a fish. Uh, they had specific rat traps. Like that's what that was for. Well, you know, they they caught the rat in the rat trap. They cut oh. the rat in half and then right. put half the rat in the fish trap to catch oh. fish. See, I didn't even I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I thought they were bait. eating because Sue was so excited about eating rat soup. Yeah, no, I maybe they maybe he used the other half for soup, but they they did use it to try to catch fish. I don't think they had a fire at that point because they're talking about like we, it doesn't matter if we catch fish, we don't have a fire, we can't do anything. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't have fire. Toggy didn't have fire. Pagong got fire almost immediately. Yeah, uh, it was the uh, it was BB had glasses mm-hmm. and Gretchen started the fire for mm-hmm. him, um, which is really ingenious good I, on them i wish they showed it because yeah. i i know bb reluctantly says yeah i had this idea and then gretchen kind of jumped on and said let me do it and part of me wants to see if that's true it almost makes you wonder if you know just like it was new to the contestants yeah. we've talked about production quality mm-hmm. um if cameraman actually just didn't know where to be yet um, if they were, they didn't catch it till the fire was already started because mm-hmm. they were overdoing something else. I mean, clearly, uh, they did not know where to put people for confessionals. No. Rudy has a confessional where he's just out in the ocean and like his head's above water and nothing else. And there's like nothing. It's just like a plain sky behind him. And I'm like, this is the weirdest confessional I've ever seen. So much is a work in progress. So much they will get better at but it watching it chug along is funny at the moment jumping from there into the immunity challenge this is the very first immunity challenge mm-hmm. of the entire show oh it sure is uh and it looks like it it shows they what they have to do they have to take a raft that is not on fire it has a little bowl of fire on top mm-hmm. and everyone has to take that raft must be touching it at all times yep. And just take that to shore, lighting yep. torches along the way. Light every torch, and then light a big burning man. Yep. There is, it, it is so simple. There is no... Um, something that I, I appreciated, actually, about modern challenges, I know that there's a whole conversation around like challenge diversity that I've heard people talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any context, context for that yet. Um, but... Uh, there's no comeback mechanic in this game. Nope. Once you fall behind, it, it is just over. Oh, yeah. Jeff talks about, wow, it was a really close challenge, but of course it was. You're just running forward and then running forward, and that's it. Yeah, and they try to make it sound more complicated by, by being like, you have to light every single fire. And he's like, don't make me make a judgment call. Jeff, a judgment call on what? That somebody let go of the raft, I guess? Yeah, that's, I think that's exactly what he's saying. But, he's like, I don't know, you got to hold on. Which I don't want was to like, disqualify you. That was yeah. I was gonna say like that's kind of Jeff telling on himself too that they, that production hadn't thought this challenge through because he's like he didn't have like a what happens if you let go like you mm. don't have to you just have to stop so they touch it again you have to start over. Does do they go put your torches out? Like he didn't say. You didn't probably say. because they didn't know they didn't and they know. didn't want to know. Uh, they figured that out. I want to say as the season goes on, the challenges get more specific oh, and sure. more. They, I don't think they figure out the comeback mechanic for a while, but they, they're at least not that. They're not do the thing. 
run in a straight line. Yeah, run in a straight line, figure it out. And the only reason, the only reason Taki lost was because Sonya fell. Because Sonya fell. They were were neck and neck and starting to get ahead, um, which is, you know, exactly why they decide to get rid of her. We'll get to that. But But in the challenge, something that honestly astonished me was at the very bottom it it had to tell you who was leading yeah because the the shots were not good enough that you couldn't tell who was leading the race sometimes it didn't seem like the shots were in the correct order like it would be like it looked like one tribe was ahead and then they'd cut and they'd be tied again and i'm like oh why did they do that (laughs) i think that's exactly why they had to have a subtitle telling you this team is winning well and the second reason why they had to do that is because jeff doesn't talk jeff does not talk jeff this is where it becomes instantly clear that jeff doesn't quite know what to do yet yeah and um you know jeff has some sayings he really he really loves to go to you know he loves to shout out you know that's how you do it on survivor or like whatever but when there's just nothing there it's, it's, it's dry. so much worse. It's really dry. Jeff figures it out. Jeff gets better. And there's a reason that everyone loves him and wants to sneak hugs later and later as the season or as the show goes on. But man, there and at Tribal Council, he does not know what to do. It's very awkward. It's very awkward. And it that's, that's really cool to see. I mean, you know, we've said it a couple times, or at least you know, I've said a couple times, the retrospective. Um, and so seeing, like, where it began, seeing that sort of, like, awkward, not really comfortable in his own skin, yet Jeff Probst is, is really cool. It is pretty cool. It It's like we're growing with him. But, yeah. uh, very slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> anyway, at the end of that, Pagong wins by the slimmest of margins. One Sonya trip. Oh, I I do want to talk about that immunity idol. It didn't even register in my brain. It is go on. It is borderline blackface. Like oh, that thing is rough. Pull yeah. up, pull up a picture real quick. I don't know that I want to. I won't look at the screen so that we okay. you know don't so I don't get spoiled on anything. Um. Uh, oh yep, yeah, there it is. Oh boy. Yeah, that's that's downright blackface. Yeah, it's, like, obviously I expected things to not age well, but, like, that seems like it aged like milk at the time. Yeah. Disney would put a, like, warning before Looney Tunes if that was in there. Oh, man. Yeah, you you hate to say, like, going back and this is, we've gotten better and we know better. Do yourself a favor. Look this thing up. It it does not age well. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Nothing nothing I can do to describe this will make it any better. It, it's it's literally Song of the South. It's it's bad. It's bad. I want to get away from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So we finish that. There is the briefest of briefest conversations about who to vote off. Yeah, I mean it. It was even like conversations it was just people like saying what their opinions were in confessionals and they weren't opinions like you know that and i knew this was gonna happen but it wasn't opinions like 
oh, I think this person will be good at the game. It's literally just like, this person annoys me. Yeah. So I want them to go away. I'm sick of this person. Let's, uh... Let's get rid of them. Which also says just how unlikable Rudy is. Yeah. That Sonya, who is a frail cancer survivor, who frankly shouldn't have been allowed on the show at all. Like, we see her, she's in pretty rough shape by Mm. day three. Yeah. I think if she was on the show much longer, we might have been looking at, like, a medevac, like, by day ten. I mean, she's getting patched up by the doctor. Yeah already the neurologist the neurologist (laughs) um and she's just happy to be there like i said sonia too pure for this world and too pure for survivor we'll get into all of that yeah essentially what you have is you have all the the young girls wanting to get rid of uh rudy everybody else kind of you don't hear a whole lot of opinion on except for sue who's playing both sides saying the girls think i'm gonna vote for rudy I'm not going to vote for Rudy. Right, yeah, the first, the, the origin of the, uh, of strategy and kind of blindside? Kind of blindside. Not really, uh, not really sure if we can call it a blindside, because nobody really has any clue what's going on. Not a darn clue. So we jump forward. Tribal Council, the very first Tribal Council. Again, it shows. It sure does. I didn't, you don't even realize how much set dressing goes into the tribal council Mm -hmm. uh forum Mm -hmm. until you see it without it and you're like oh yeah wow it looks like somebody robbed them (laughs) it's it's very bare bones it kind of looks like they're just sitting around a campfire the way they arrange the seats as they do in the first season is just in a u-shape around the fire later seasons and i want to say pretty soon they start to stack them so this if there is a lot of people that you can't fit them into one shot you stack them into a second row so that everyone can kind of be seen or to talk and can get a good shot from the camera but man conversations are wild it's jeff asks a question and everyone talks at once yeah. No, they, they do not cede the floor. They do not cede their time. But they don't talk about, like, they don't have, like, strong opinions. It's not like they're no. talking over each other because they have all this furious debate. They're just kind of all just talking. How you feeling? Yeah. Yeah. You want to? It was a rough challenge. I did write down my favorite quote. Jeff says they faced a crushing defeat in the first immunity challenge. And I thought, really? Crushing defeat? Or were you just told to say that, Jeff? That was in the script. That was definitely in the script. Uh, I, I'm also surprised at how how much to emphasize how far people have to walk. Mm-hmm. Like they made the trip to tribal council, and I see why they get away from it, right? Because yeah. it doesn't. Even if they have to make that trip or whatever, it doesn't have any stakes. No, you can't fail getting there. No, um, and sure, you can emphasize that it's difficult, but they kind of make it out to be like, oh, they have to face this perilous journey, but they just kind of walk there (laughs) yeah they just kind of again in later seasons they'll show them grabbing the torches walking down the beach and then just show them arriving yeah in this they're just walking through the woods it gets dark you're a little afraid they're not gonna make it yeah and they're like they like you said they walk long enough for it to get dark so a couple of hours probably (laughs) yeah they don't really know where it is they're apparently they're vague about where to go for tribal council which is very important to the show 
that they complete tribal council. I would love to know what would have happened if they didn't make it there. <laughs> they just didn't show up. But the the bare bones are there. Yeah. The bridge to walk in is there. Yeah. The fire speech that Jeff loves to give. It's the same. It's the same. Or at least close enough that yeah. I didn't notice a difference. The bare bones are there. What is different is they are way too darn close for their confessionals on they the voting They sure booth. are. And Jeff goes out of his way to say, we can't hear you. And I'm like, and then like the first confessional, you, you can see people in the background and you're like, are you sure they can't hear yeah, you? You can see people. You can hear them at certain points when they're giving their confessionals. Hold up the vote. I'm sorry. Are these people talking over you in the background? They shouldn't be. <laughs> we shouldn't be able to hear that. Uh, and they write in red pen, which I think, again, just looks weird. Yeah. I mean, it's such a little detail, right? The the flimsy red paper and red pen. But it, it just gives it this whole energy, again, of like fan-made yeah. knockoff project. I We know what it becomes. So, of course, that's our perception. But it's also like, wow, how did this get to continue? I guess mm -hmm. we'll find out through the first season. It's obviously compelling enough that they greenlight it for more seasons. Mm -hmm. We'll get to it. There is a moment in this series that makes Survivor a national phenomenon. Hmm. It's going to take some time to get there, but there is a moment that kind of sparks reality TV to go, oh, we need more of that. Interesting. We'll get to that. Uh, ooh, little little... Teaser. Little teaser. Yes. Uh, one last thing before we talk about uh, the final vote. I couldn't help but notice they have a treasure chest <laughs> of the million dollars just sitting there in cash at Tribal Council. Now, maybe mm -hmm. that's, you know, a, a pretty high-bottomed chest. It's actually, you know, those are all ones. It's not all the way to the bottom. It's a couple thousand dollars yeah but why is it there well i don't know why it's there it doesn't need to be there they're gonna get a check at the end of the show i think unless they just straight up give cash in the first season no oh no i don't know i don't know things are weird yeah and also you know we were talking about how how they had to get all the way out there um it just now occurred to me that like how did production get all that stuff out there um, I mean, they're probably running because we have overhead lights at this mm -hmm. point. It's not fires. Sure. So I guess diesel generators. Yeah. Um, maybe they're not that deep. Maybe they're just right off the beach. I guess that's there's a lot of speculation that would go into that. But like, yeah, they have to transport that. They, you can't just leave however much money that is out there in the jungle you sure for can. three days unattended. Nope. <laughs> that's got to be taken with them every single time they move. Uh, yeah, absolutely wild. Uh, and then finally... We lose, we lose our first contestant. We lose Sonia. We lose Sonia. Sweet, sweet Sonia, who, again, I don't think would have made it much longer. No, I, I don't either. I have a phrase I like in um, uh, narrative media, you know, things that don't involve real people, stories, Netflix, whatever, things where it's not like reality TV, mm -hmm. which is born to die. A character is written, and they are immediately, they walk on the screen, and you go... Oh, so they're going to die. Oh, yeah, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. I'm so sorry. Um, Sonia was born to die. She was uh, She was not 
she was not made for Survivor. She was not fit for this game. And like, good. I'm glad they let her on. You know, she's a as they talk about a cancer survivor. They don't really make it a big thing, which I thought no. was interesting. Later, um, later season Survivor would definitely have a full montage about oh, that. It'd be a whole like testimonial yeah. with like a bunch of different. Uh, you know, like a PowerPoint, basically. Yeah. Um, that's not the word I'm looking for. I guess montage is just the word sure, I'm looking we're for. We're going for montage. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she she's just so happy to have been a part of it at all. I know. Her post game confessional is so sweet. She's Aw, like, shucks. she she's like, I get it, guys. Yeah. Good for you. I I I don't blame them. Mm. It's real real tough real tough to see that. Uh, now. We're going to end this with a, a little bit that we have talked about and we want to do for every single person that gets voted out. How do you think Sonya would fare in today's Survivor game? Yeah. I, unfortunately, I think Sonya's the first vote on any season she's in. Or the first vote of her tribe, mm-hmm. at least. I just... You know, the challenges have gotten less physical. Mm-hmm. And, and sure, not always the weakest person's voted off first. Right. Um, but they still usually are. I mean, you think of like Zach and 42 and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, usually, usually your frailest person's going home. Mm-hmm. And I think she might be one of the frailer people I've seen on the show. Sure. Uh, I think she has a shot in later seasons to make it a few votes. But there's definitely that point where you're like, I can't keep dragging this dead weight through over obstacles and under and I don't know, maybe she's great at puzzles. Yeah, we never we never got to see. You'll never know. You'll never know. You're never going to know because there's definitely no way she's coming back for an all-star season. Oh, God. I believe this is your one and only viewing of Sonya in your game of Survivor. Uh, but with that, we end our first episode of Survivor. All right, that wraps it up for us on the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. This is our first episode. We're real excited about this. We want to do this every week. We want to be uh, talking about shows for a long time, but we want your help. If you have anything that you want to chime along with, we have set up our email, SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. We have Twitter, at SurvivorTBT. Shoot us a message. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you think about the individual episodes. Tell us about things that you want us to talk about. I'm going to monitor that email so Jared doesn't. I'm going to monitor the Twitter also so Jared doesn't. Jared is going to remain as unspoilered as possible. If that's even possible. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it I think it mostly is. I'll be in a soundproof room between recording sessions, mm-hmm. uh, only eating clam chowder and nothing else. Um, and with no access to the internet. Obviously, I'm kidding. But um, if you know me in real life, please don't spoil me um, on episodes uh, or I won't want to know you anymore. Um, if you don't know me in real life, also please don't spoil me on episodes. <laughs> but I don't know how you'd contact me because I'm not going to be checking any of our official stuff so that uh, I can remain uh, uh, unspoiled and my speculation is mostly raw between one and 41 yeah we're keeping it fresh we're keeping it interesting uh i mostly because i want to see your reaction i want to see how you like how you dislike what really shocks you and what makes you say oh that could have been better immunity idol immunity idol 
Could we're been, looking at you, Immunity Idol. Could have been better. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week. Uh, if you want more of us, I am at Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash steefplays, S-C-H-T-E-E-F, plays. Uh, I am on Instagram at Steve the Musical. Yeah, you can you can find me on Instagram. I'm uh, at Jared Sheldon Eight. Um, again, please. Now you will know where to find me. Please don't. Please, yeah. please don't bombard me with things. You can find me. Um, you know, share your thoughts on what we've seen thus far. But um, the the common uh, way people usually get spoiled is by people being really excited and just wanting to be yeah. like, "Oh, I can't wait till you get to this part, or I can't wait till this happens." Um, and that sucks. We want to. I want to go in blind. Yeah, I thoroughly encourage you. Interact with me. Send me those things. If you're excited about something, send it to me. If you're excited to, uh, if you just can't wait for this one moment, or if you heard me talk about that one moment that kind of sets the tone for Survivor, and you just want to talk about it real bad, send it to me, at Steve the Musical, Instagram. Find me on Twitch. Talk to me there. Whatever you want to do, I'm all game for that. Nothing is spoiler for me. Uh, But that'll do it for our first episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am Steven. And I'm Jared. We are signing off. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.